Welcome to Disney Parks and Beyond, a Disney podcast about theme parks and all things Disney from the After Dark Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to another episode of Disney Parks and Beyond. I am Nick, and on this episode, we have got Craig. Hi. We've got Mr. D. Hello. I thought I'd put a bit more enthusiasm into it than Craig's. Well, I mean, you Go couldn't get opposite. much. I mean, even Eeyore is sitting there right now listening to this podcast going, God, that's someone that sounds depressed. And we are joined by Ryan. Hello. Daddy. Ryan has finally decided to give us some time. I mean, to be fair, and I'm, I'm going to stop you before you even get into your flow, Ryan. I know why you're back this week. And that's because you're going to be on Mickey Waffles. That's next, that's next week, to be fair. Right. But the, the, fact, the simple fact is you have to appear on here <laughs> and your own podcast before you can appear on yet another podcast because that just looks dodgy then. Yeah, I am be on Mickey Waffles. I best I best Ask get into him. the swing of it again. I'm offended. Well, hang on, hang on. Right, Craig, how many news stories have you got to talk about tonight? Exactly. So um, I think the let's start quiet again because he just went quiet there. Yeah, must be that bad internet. Must be, must be that scouse internet. Um, let's start the show as we mean to go on with what is everybody drinking? So um, I'm going to go to the silent one, Craig. First of all. I've got um, the brew, uh, the tea company, uh, some chai tea. Is that is that spelled S H I T? No, C H A I. Okay, that's fine. Just checking. U T I T. Is it nice? Oh, it's gorgeous, mate. Good. Made in my uh, teapot for one. Um, Mr. D. Um, I'm actually on the tea this week. Just this, just regular Yorkshire tea, I think. Oh, the tea of gods. Mm-hmm. Uh, look, I'm not. I'm not impressed. I'm, I'm not impressed. impressed. Yorkshire, Yorkshire tea does not That's taste. That's because you've read a review about it on Google. Yorkshire, shut your mouth. Yorkshire tea does not taste any different to me, to my palate, than the regular as the tea bags that we would. Don't buy. you? Doesn't, yeah, doesn't. Maybe it's you know, and you got to remember, like water varies throughout the country. Maybe it's that. Um, maybe my kettle crap. I don't know, but I, I personally can't see the difference. So. Uh, not worth the uh, the investment is is my conclusion of Yorkshire tea. Um, Ryan, cheer yes. us up. What are you drinking? I am drinking. Uh, well, first of all, Twining's English breakfast all the way. But secondly, oh, I'm drinking God. a Starbucks skinny, no added sugar, lactose free drink. Jesus, are you? So are you? You have the lactose free ones. Are you still lactose intolerant, or is that just preference now? Oh no, I'm not lactose intolerant at all. Um, I just like they're they're really good for my. If I've got a drink, something like that, which I don't have to, but I like it. They're better for my blood. Right. I like sugar. That, I like. Yeah, I tell you about it. I was I was uh, lactose intolerant for about four weeks after oh. stomach after, after stomach uh, bug. Yeah, fun times. I well, I'm the only one then that's actually done the proper research. I have got. I've been saving this for a few weeks. Um, it's the Drygate Brewing Company. 
It's called Disco Forklift Truck Mango Pale Owl. Oh, mango, a lady drink. A 5.1% uh, stubby can. It's only a, a three three thirty mil. Ooh, a stubby can yeah. again. A lady drink. It was um, it was when uh, Lidl's were doing their beer week or or whatever. Ah, so I've been saving Lidl, it. So it's a it. lady supermarket. I I should say actually, after I put my coffee, I do have. A unbarred lemon meringue sour. Mm. What lemon meringue sour? A lemon meringue sour. sour. Yeah, it's a lemon meringue lady drink. Five point four percent. I'm um, that's quite nice actually. I'm quite I'm quite pleased with that. It's a, a Glaswegian beer. Oh, yeah. Brewing is uh, Glasgow, Scotland. Um, mm. that's nice. I really wish I bought more of that now. I only bought the one can. I just wanted to try it out. Um, I'm not I'm not a massive fan of sours. It depends for me. It, it really does depend. Like one, I'll have one and it'd be absolutely terrible and I've wasted like seven quid on a fancy beer. And then I'll have another one and it'd be fantastic. So. Well, hang on, hang on. Are you, where, where are you paying seven quid for a beer? Oh, mate, I'm on the, all, the, all the like hipster beers now. Oh, man. Oh, you haven't got a little Ryan Goatee going on, have you? <laughs> You're not wearing organic sandals. I'm not wearing. I'm not wearing any shoes at all. That's how. That's how. Oh I'm no! A proper proper hipster. Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, I think we better move on. Uh, I can see where this conversation is going to be going. So uh, let's go for the first segment of the show, which is having a look at some park news. Let's get down to business to start planning that Disney trip. I'm Wendy Prater at Magical Journeys Travel here, proud sponsor of the Disney Parks and Beyond podcast. I specialize in all things Disney, Universal, and all major cruise lines. Disney cruises are spectacular, but you've got to book early to get the best pricing and stateroom selection. I offer generous onboard credits and take care of all your planning. Interested in Disney World, Disneyland, or Disneyland Paris? I can help with every bit of the planning process, including dining and fast passes. Find me on the Twitters at WP Magic Journeys or email me at wendyprater at magicaljourneystravel.com. I make the plans, you make the memories. And Ryan, as you've not been here for a few weeks, what did you want to talk about? I think the, f- the first thing is that furlough is being extended at Walt Disney World. And I think this is interesting. I, I get it. But what's interesting is this comes fresh from the news last week that Disney were restoring salaries to the full extent to their top executives. So um, we're going to get a twofer with this conversation because that is a story I wanted to pick up on uh, anyway. Um, but I didn't, I didn't realise that. Wow. Yeah, so basically last week they, were, they said all the cutbacks that we, we put to our senior staff, so that includes the likes of Bob Iger and Chapek as well, um, they're all coming back into play as of, I think, very soon, if not already. And then today they've announced that they're extending furlough for many cast members in Walt Disney World. And the thing is, with that, you think, okay, that's not too bad. But what it's meant is that cast members aren't getting their their paychecks, their furlough checks through um, quick enough. They're having to move out of Orlando to try and find other work. And I think Disney just all round have been treating cast members pretty badly throughout this. And apart from the top execs, of course. 
Yeah, and I, I mean that, 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 that when the news story broke last week that they were doing that, I mean Disney did appear to be one of the companies that reacted very quickly uh, to COVID in terms of um, salary sacrifice and um, you know money being donated to charities and and other such causes from those top execs. Um, not, I'm not you can't say there's a sign of solidarity because when you're talking about you know, people that are on six figures plus um, that, you know, for them to kind of give some money to charities, not saying that everyone else in the company could do, especially if you, you know, serve the hot dogs at Casey's, for example. But yeah, it did show, you know, some some good faith and, you know, not that they were making money out of the, the situation, but instead of just keeping their salary, it was actually doing something noble with it. And that, seems to have gone completely out the window now because as you say the, the switch has been flipped back on all those execs are getting their six figure plus salaries back and yet still thousands of people are furloughed yeah it is a bit ridiculous because i mean you know you can appreciate that on on the on paper it sounds fantastic that chapek had his salary reduced by 50 percent and Iger a hundred percent but they have plenty of money in the bank and it really is in my mind, just a false gesture when you've got thousands of employees that are struggling to get by on a monthly basis at the minute. Um, and you kind of on the face of it, I think, you know, for, for the headlines, it's like, yeah, we, we, you know, we're, we're cutting the cost of our top VPs and execs and things. But um, now obviously it's just, it's just a load of rubbish because they said it would be, that would be in place until, such a point where the company was making, you know, significant revenue again. I mean, they're making some revenue now, but not enough to bring staff back. And I just think it's all a bit of, a little bit ridiculous, to be honest. Now I understand that these people are acclimatized to a better life. They've got, they've got more money, therefore they spend more money, but you know, really reinstating them all back to a hundred percent. Surely you could do it as a small increment and go from there. Yeah, I, I think it just it's like it's another kind of example of um we're all in this together except we're not. Yeah. You know, that absolute kind of divide. Um I I, I can't see those top execs were siphoning money out that they had that quickly. When you consider that, you know, you furloughed a load of people that are surviving on minimum wage, barely surviving on minimum wage. And your first port of call is to make sure that you're getting paid. Very much a case of like, I'm all right, Jack. Do you know what I mean? I just leaves me cold. And I don't think it's a good look, if I'm honest. No, and I think, you know, while everyone's been very praising of um, everyone's best friend, Josh, uh, who's currently obviously in charge of the Disney parks, um, He's not come out and said, well, you know what? I'm, I'm actually not going to come and accept this because all of my employees in Disneyland and Walt Disney World aren't currently back at work. So I think it's a bit of an outrage. He's just sitting there. And, I, you know, I get it. He's got to play ball with Chappick and Iger, but he's not really the... I don't think he's quite the people person that think people think he is. I think he's 10 times better than Chappick and Iger. But I think, you know, you've got to, you've got to treat your staff with respect. And I think... Any returning cast members, of which I don't think there'll be as many as Disney hope, um, I think they're not going to let this go anytime soon. 
which will have a drastic impact on guest experience. I mean, we've talked on the show before about how in recent years, and I know Craig, this has happened to you, where Disney hasn't quite been as good as, as Universal and the, table, the tables have turned a little bit. And I think, I think we'll see more of that because Disney just aren't treating cast members in, in the way they should be. Yeah, definitely. I agree. Um, the cast member experience has been watered down of late. Where it, it's, they seem to be not as interested and I don't know, it's just a different vibe when we were there last year. Some of them obviously are amazing and will continue to be amazing. But there was a lot more of them where it is now just a, a job, a minimum wage job. And that never used to come across. And these multimillionaires getting paid all their, getting all their salaries back up, it's disappointing. But what do you expect? Do you yeah. know what I mean? What do you expect? It's not, it's not good. Not good. But what, what more can you say? I, I only say, I don't know what else we can add to that. Uh, it's not a good look. It, it sucks. It, I, I really feel for those cast members that, you know, have been furloughed now for what, four, five months? Yeah, well, we'll come up to six months, isn't it? I suppose. Um, you know, just, I, just awful. I, I can totally appreciate the fact that the people still need to be furloughed, and I think that's that's not unreasonable. But you know, there's plenty of businesses that I know of. You know, some that I work with, some you know, including my company, to be honest, where people are still furloughed, but they've they've not gone well. As the board, we're getting a load of bonuses, so uh, thanks very much. Um, it's just yeah, it's just a little bit crazy for me, and I. I obviously love going to the parks and I will continue to love going to the parks when things are back to normal. But, you know, my wife and I were talking earlier and it's just like, they have, they have lost that, that, that magic. And I think as you, as you get older and obviously podcasting and all that kind of stuff, you do read up onto it, into it a bit more. And it is really terrible to start the way that they treat cast members. And it is a real shame to see, such a fantastic company on the face of it do that to to many of their, their team members i think as well the other thing is that for a long time you know euro disney as it as it was was the like the, the butt of the joke right mm. you know it's one of the reasons why they had to rename it disneyland paris because of the the negative connotations and people have always said about the way the staff are treated there and um, you know the attitudes of cast members there, and it was almost always kind of sneered at that. You know, well, the American parks are so much better because we don't have that. We only, you know, our cast members all want to be there and they're all really happy and they're treated really well. And actually, I, in in some cases, I think it's even worse. You know, I've never heard of you know cast members at Disneyland Paris sleeping in cars because they can't afford rent. You know. Yeah. No. So, I agree. I think a lot of that, to be fair, a lot of the Disneyland Paris thing is is the whole British French cultural thing, um, to a certain extent. Um, you always get, you're always going to have miserable team members. It doesn't matter what you, where you go, what you do, whether it be you go to a theme park, whether you go to a coffee shop or um, a high street store. Like you're always going to have a mix of people that are having a bad day 
and cannot put their face on because you know what something something terrible just happened in their life and you know at the end of the day you coming into to a theme park isn't really the, the top of their priority right now but they still need the money but yeah it's it's a real shame to see disney do this to be honest and i think the the, the, the money going back to the top execs has, has got to be a real kick in the teeth for anyone that's currently furloughed. Yeah, yeah I, I agree. Um, do, we, do we have anything more cheery from you, Mr. D? Uh, <laughs> well, well, it can't go any lower. It can't go any no, lower. It probably, so. it probably is cheery. Well, okay, let's, let's pick one that's a bit more positive then. So Shanghai Disney has announced that it's going to increase capacity. So they're going to go from 30% to 50%. Hmm. So there's, there's something a little bit positive. Yeah, I mean, you know, China is, I mean, obviously it was at the, the epicenter. Mm-hmm. From, from what we believe, from what we understand, they were the epicenter of this. Um, so they had it earlier. They've managed to kind of, uh, you know, reduce the number down quicker than uh, most other countries. So that's also positive and that also explains why they're able to do that um yeah. be interesting to see you know because i i don't uh I, I don't follow the stats from china or anything like that be interesting to see um you know if anything changes with that increased capacity mm-hmm. i yeah. suppose the first thing that will happen is we'll just reduce it back down again yeah. if it does yeah, um, i think so hmm. no that's a step in the yeah. right direction at least yeah, unfortunately, we still don't have opening dates for Disneyland in California, although there's some dates for hotels are um, starting to appear for hotel bookings. But uh, I know that they've been installing uh, bits and pieces in preparation. Yeah. And yeah. the rumour is that Orange County is going to be taken off the, uh, the restrictive list uh-huh. soon, like possibly this week. Yeah. because of the number of cases so you know i think you know disney obviously won't open up the next day or something like yeah. that but if that's what's going to happen then hopefully by the next episode we should know when it's going to reopen that's right i mean i think bookings have opened up for some hotels from the 16th of september so whether that's going to line up with when the park opens who knows but uh, it certainly isn't going to be before middle of september yeah, no, for sure. I mean, I work with someone who is in California and has an annual class to Disneyland and she's very much of the opinion it's going to be mid-September, as you said, kind of in line with the, the hotels starting to open up again, which makes sense. I mean, downtown Disney's been open for a while now and seems to be doing pretty pretty well. And obviously that's just shops and stuff, but I think yeah. Disney World's proven that they can manage crowds in in the way that they they have been in during covid and disneyland gets even less traffic than disney world does and most of its locals anyway so i think um i wouldn't be surprised to see it mid to, mid to late september yeah yeah, yeah. And i think that's the only thing that's been keeping it closed really is the fact that because of of how covid has been in that state that they have decided to uh remain closed you know, Disney World was a different kettle of fish because, like you say, they don't rely on um, international tourism uh, as the sole, but they do obviously have a much larger international, um, as well as national, I suppose, um, covering of people. 
that comes to parts more than Disneyland does. Yeah. So you would have, you would have, um, I mean, it still, it still amazes me Disney World opened up when it did, as soon as it did um, with that. But, you know, I suppose if you're trying to, you know, eradicate it from your state, the easiest thing to do is just to keep closed, isn't it? So I, I, I understand why um, they've done that. Mm-hmm. And actually on, on the Disneyland, um, no, I did see a thing the other day that um, you can book a slot to do your shopping. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I suppose, in a way, a bit like a virtual queue. Yeah. In essence, um, but you can book a slot for when you want to go to the shops. Nice. So. Yeah, lots of like merch queuing, coming out though. Yeah, they're certainly pumping out the merchandise at the minute. Yeah. Yeah, they had some nice anniversary stuff. I don't know. I'm, I'm assuming that will be back on sale when the parts reopen. I can't believe yeah. it would have sold out already. No, I would have thought there'd be a restock. I think all the um, the eBay peeps have been uh, having a you know getting their careers back up and up and running again since the since Downtown Disney reopened and then you've obviously got Disney World reopening as well. But yeah, I I think they'll get a restock of everything. Yeah, yeah. I'd be surprised if it was only like a one run drop and it's already gone. They must have held some back for the parts, you'd have thought. But we will see. Um, Craig, was there anything that uh, you had seen that you wanted to bring up? There's a couple other, couple other bits and pieces of news. I mean, the on the rise of the resistance, we've we've reported a couple of times they've made changes to the boarding groups, but they've made some more changes, linking. Uh, through the My Disney Experience app, um, you can actually, if you have all your family members linked on the app and they are in the studios, so I guess through the app and through your, your admission, they know that you're in the park, then the boarding groups, you're all linked together um, for the boarding group. So it's all kind of done automatically through the My Disney Experience app. So. If anybody is going out there and um, they definitely want to get the My Disney Experience app, it uh, it does facilitate all of that kind of stuff. And then there was a, there was another thing reported about Walk Up Diner. I don't know if you saw that. That was yeah. that seemed to be tested and then disappeared again. I don't know if it's reappeared yet, but it was kind yeah. of in out. Shake it all about. I saw it the other day. Actually, it's um, it makes sense. I almost hope that they they keep it in play once things return back to normal because I've always found that the most frustrating thing about booking a Disney trip is having to book a restaurant every single day that you want to go to a restaurant. And, you know, yeah, there's always some restaurants that have availability, but, you know, the best ones are always gone months and months in advance. And I've always thought, well, why don't they just keep a few slots available, you know, every main meal just for people that want to rock up and fancy a meal there because you know the likes of let's say the likes of the cellier or be our guest or, or you know any of those big big restaurants that get plenty of footfall there's if they if they kept back say 20 to 30 percent of those for walk-in dining they'd still get they'd still be full like constantly yeah. and it would allow people a bit more freedom to to kind of explore restaurants and things as they see them because you know not everyone's been there before 
Yeah, that's true. I mean, it makes sense. I think I think those slots are available. It's just that up till this point, um, you know, the only way to find out if they're available is to is to actually go to the restaurant and ask at the podium. Whereas now they're making it visible, so it's good for everybody. It's good for people who want a last minute booking. But then it must be good for Disney as well because they've got more chance of filling those slots and stopping them from from going empty. Well, yeah, because I mean the thing is, I mean I remember the stress that I went through um, when we went on honeymoon, and you know because of the honeymoon trip, you know, I wanted to do California Grill and I wanted to do Cinderella's Roll Table and all this kind of stuff, and the stress of like the day that the uh, my my window was open to make those bookings was trying to get them done, you know. And, um, you know, worried that I wasn't going to get them. And I remember California Grill, I couldn't get the date that I wanted, but I was able to get a date later on. And, you know, just, just the stress of it. And, you know, people make reservations and change their plans. We did it on that trip. It's why yeah. we didn't go to La Cilier, Um, Because we decided not to with, I don't know, four or five hours to go. Just Ooh. decided we weren't going to eat there now. So we cancelled the reservation. So that was a table for two that was then opened up Yeah, that day. Um, people must do that all the time. Yeah, they must. I mean, I think in theory, if you don't cancel, it used to be within 24 hours. Is that still the case? If you don't yeah, cancel, they, you they, lose. Or they, they, can, they can charge you $10 ahead, I think. Yeah, they and they do. they will do that as well because they, they did it to me on our honeymoon. Um, when we just wanted to cancel it. But when I went in and spoke to someone, I think we were in Epcot. And I don't know, I can't remember where we were eating it, but it wasn't, it wasn't like a high quality restaurant. And we spotted a Lucelia reservation that had come up for the day. Mm-hmm. So we booked that. And obviously we had to cancel our other one. So I went into guest services and she was like, Oh, I'm going to have to charge you for, for canceling it. And I was like, Oh, well, I've just booked the Celia. And she was like, Oh, Oh, that's fine then. Because the right. is obviously worth more money to them. Yeah. The other thing is that they will they will move your reservation as well, even at fairly short notice. Now this is yeah. this this could be abused, I guess, and I'm not encouraging that. But you know, if you suddenly change your plans, you could change your reservation to a different day, and then you're outside the 24 hours. I'm not encouraging that, but that is that is an option. Um, or just change it to a different date and go on the different day, which is probably the better thing to do, which is what we've done before. So yeah. they are pretty good at changing things, uh, and you can avoid the ten dollar fee if you if you do that. Yeah, that was a new thing I introduced because um, I think the only restaurant that had a cancellation, like a charge for cancellation, when we did our trip was it was either Cinderella's or it was California Grill. I think it might be in California Grill because Cinderella I paid up front for anyway, um, but but that was it. Everything else, like, there was there was like no um, no charge at all to do yeah. so. So I, I, I get it, I get it. But yeah. the thing that does annoy me is they they will fill those restaurants up. Yeah, it's just another. It's you know it's a bit like parking. It's just another charge. They don't have to enforce. They just do it because they can, and it makes them some extra money. Yeah. literally yeah. no rhyme or reason for it because you know especially the city eh, that is going to be taken up oh yeah hundreds there is always people when when we're going in and you know you always have to wait for your table for like five ten minutes and, and I remember every we single went, time there's someone coming in saying have you got a table oh, no sorry yeah. we're, we're fully booked yeah 
I remember we went to um, where did we go? To? We went to Fifties uh, Prime Time, and we liked it. And thought like later on in the trip, oh maybe we'll we'll go back there again. Um, we couldn't get a reservation for it, and we just was in Epco- um, in Hollywood Studios that day, and just walked in there and said, "Is there a table for two? And they said, "Yeah, we've had a cancellation. Uh, it'll be about half an hour. It's fine. Sat at the bar, um, or the, it's a lounge, isn't it? It's not really a bar. They can sit in chairs, but yeah. um, you know. But but that's it. And, and people must do that all the time, all the time. So, but no, it's 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 good. Be interesting to see if they keep it up after uh, things kind of go back to normal. Yeah, but definitely some positives there. Um. Now, I don't care for this at all. What I'm going to talk about now, but um, well, I care. I care about fifty percent of this. So Tony Baxter has come out. Uh, it's come out and said he would come out of retirement to redo Figment. Tony bloody Baxter. Now I love Tony Baxter. You know, he a lot of why Disneyland Paris or a lot of the best things at Disneyland Paris are because of his hand. Um, but I just don't get figment at all i'm with don't you nick it. it's the most overrated character in all of disney history you, you boys need to wash your mouth out the soap no we don't it's it's <laughs> spyro for the playstation ah! it's crash bandicoot for playstation it's a Fat old man walking around a theme park with his hand up a friggin' dragon's arsehole. It's crap. The ride is tolerable because it's for children, and my children enjoyed it when they were little. This constant fascination with this friggin' pink or purple dragon is baffling. Nick, I salute you. Someone had to say it, Craig. Somebody had to be the controversial one and say it. And that, I know, I know Figment is, for some people, a very popular character. And Ryan, you are correct. You know, Figment predates Spyro. So that is, that is very true. Um, but, you know, there is a generation that has grown up with the, the current version of uh, Jones the Imagination. And I, do, I do feel sorry for them. Well, that's it. And, you know, I, that's what I've got to, to, to base everything on. And going on that attraction, um, I see no reason to care about Figment at all. And I agree, I agree. Like, based on, if you've only been on that version of the attraction, it's terrible. Um, but the version, not the version immediately before it, but the version before that was fantastic. And I am surprised that they didn't announce that whole land was get, getting a refresh as part of the Epcot updates um, because it, it desperately needs it. The ride is terrible. Um, then you've got the, the Epcot, the Pixar short film festival, which is totally pointless because everyone's got all of those on Blu-ray or DVD or whatever, or, or Disney plus even. And that whole land just needs a refresh. But for me, Figment needs to be a part of that. Yeah. I mean, the, the one thing I will say about Figment is that he is one of a rare kind of set of characters, which is a unique part creation. It's not an IP. It's not based on, you know, anything else. It was created for the theme parks. So, you know, we should, we should kind of support that kind of thing. 
and those kind of characters. But at this moment with that attraction and that version of him, he's just an annoying little runt. I don't think anyone, any, anyone that likes Figment, I don't think anyone would disagree with that. Make Figment relevant. Do a pirate, right? Make a film. Give us oh, a Figment film. Do a cartoon or something. You've got a whole bloody streaming service there. Well, spend, spend some of your billions and do something. Well, Ryan, I don't know if you can answer this, but mm. um, did you ever buy the Figment comics? I did, yeah, I did. They're, they're very good as well. So there you go, Craig. They tried to give like Figment like this whole new kind of breath of uh, fresh air. Yeah, I know. I agree. Co- I agree. He had comics. It warrants a cartoon. Like put it on, as you said, Craig. Put it on like Saturday morning um, cartoon style Figment show. Um, you know, starts off in Epcot every every time, or starts off in a various Disney park every time. It'd be fantastic. Just having Figment in every episode going to a different country in the world and using his imagination. There you go. You're welcome. It's better than what you've got now. Take the freaking dragon out and shoot it. It's pointless and pathetic. And if you're going to build a land around, and what are we going to have? Edible rainbow flavoured dragon poo. Oh, shoot me. Come well, in. I don't. I don't think Ryan was saying build a whole land around Figment, but no, I, that I whole think... land is 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 need, in need of work. Like yeah, the, the the short the Pixar short film festival is ridiculous when you've got you're literally sitting on a Honey I Shrunk the Audience tape that is like not being used, and you're making a new movie. It's like put something original in there at least, rather than three four shorts that I can watch at home. I mean, I've not done Honey, I Shrunk the Audience in about 20 years at I mean, this point. I'd prefer them to create something brand new, but let's be honest, Disney in 2020, that's not going to happen. In all seriousness, right, um, I don't think I've seen all, any of them films all, all the way through, but it was a good attraction, the Honey, I Shrunk the Audience. Yeah, it was. It was a really good attraction. Um Really I liked Captain be... EO. I liked Captain EO. I mean, he, you know, he obviously had dated quite a lot. Yeah, um, yeah. What a lot. But... I, I, I liked it, but it's questionable to put a, a Michael Jackson in a, in a family-friendly theme park, uh, theme park in 2020, I think. Yeah, mm. but the 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 biggest or, or one of the biggest media companies in the world just put a new film in. Well, this is it, yeah. And, and this is what I'm saying. Like, there is no excuse for them not to just shoot a new... 4D movie and put it in there. I mean, I'm just thinking out the box here. You've got your overrated dragon. Take the rubbish ride and turn it into a 3D cinema 4D thing and put them into that theatre. And there you go. You know, we're Captain EO, a Honey Shrunk the Audience style show with Figment. It's all you have to do. Simple. I mean, the, the Figment concept, the whole kind of imagination pavilion concept is a good concept and it still fits with Epcot. Mm. There's a lot of good material there, whether you like Figment or whether you don't, whether it is Figment or whether it's something else. You know, I mean, I, I, I think Figment is, you know, I, I, I think in its day, it was probably good. I think, you know, things have changed a bit. I'm not sure... 
a contemporary figment is going to have the same feel that the original figment back in the 1980s had. I don't know if that's, I don't know if that's a horse that I would back. Do you know what I mean? But the concept around the imagination pavilion that's got so much potential. I mean, imagination is literally in the title of Imagineers, and yet somehow yeah. they can't seem to put something decent in that area. Yeah, I mean, it used to have the remember the the image works upstairs, and yeah, you know, you, you had. It, it, it was a whole pavilion dedicated to that and these days with all the technology you've got around you know virtual reality and graphics and cgi and stuff like that there's got to be some some really great stuff and probably not not that expensive really if you're talking about again like craig said you know projection or screen based um you know but something interactive so so yeah, another movie or something in the theatre, rework the Figment ride, either with or without Figment, and and then, you know, reinstate the kind of interactive area. I mean, so, I'd be happy with him narrating it or and just appearing at the end or something like that. I think the yeah. amount of merchandise that he sells for that park, I mean, it probably keeps Epcot going, to be honest. Um I think he'll be, he should be involved in some way, but I'm not like a hundred percent. He needs to be there in every scene. I think they need to take imagination, that whole land at that whole pavilion and, and really go crazy with it and actually create something yeah. interesting. But even if there's some subtle references and nods to him, and that his presence is somewhere there. Um, I'd be happy with it. When, yeah. I mean, when you get off the ride and you go into that area where you've got the, all the music and mm. we and you can put your emails in and and send postcards back home and all that. When was when was that relevant? Like, oh, in the nineties when they nineties the yeah. when they when they did that <laughs> they redid that ride. You've got more was, power in your Apple Watch than on any of the technology in there. It's the same as Project Tomorrow though. After Spaceship Earth, it's even when it opened, it was outdated. It's, mm. they're just not put, they're just not investing. If, if they want to take away the technology part of Epcot, then fine, do that. But don't pretend that it's a tech, you know, it's a technical park when all of the technology is, is basically ingrained, as you said, Craig, ingrained in our daily lives. It's either in our phones, our watches, um, whatever it may be. Like, let's not pretend that Epcot is at the forefront of technology anymore. I think that what what they really need to do is just do stuff that's temporary, that doesn't cost much money to do, and they can swap out. Yeah, because like, like instead, what they do is they they will stick something in, spend a lot of money on it, so therefore it has a shelf life of ten, twenty years, well, and then it's hilariously outdated. One exit that does work is test track. When you come out of that and you see all the new cars and there's a few, you know, outdated rides, but they're based on cars, you know, where you can remote control and stuff like that. But you're actually walking around looking at pretty fantastic brand new Chevrolets mm. and the big American things and you can get in them and have a photo taken in them and stuff like that. And that, that is dead easy to swap out. So surely that could be transferred over to 
some sort of imagination-y type stuff or iPad-based stuff. You know, get into bed with Apple or, or Samsung, whoever you want to deal with. Probably Apple, but, you know, get them to sponsor the Imagination Pavilion. Yeah, just get them to, just get them to update it every once in a while. So it's not... I still remember when... Um, when Star Tours opened up in Disneyland Paris, the the exit used to lead you to this massive room where you had these, um, you were playing like a, a big arcade game, in essence. I think, it, if I remember rightly, it was sponsored by like IBM or something. So they put together and you used to, you used to control it on like this, this platform. So they'd have all these platforms that you could like rock about on to control the ships. And stuff. It was just random spaces. It wasn't Star Wars. It was just like a random thing that they created. And in 1992, when that first opened, that was like, wow, this is something different. But, you know, roll on four or five years later, and the graphics by that point, you know, we, we then started getting PlayStations and stuff. And it's like, well, this looks like stuff my dad played about with in the 80s. Yeah, yeah and, I, and I think that's the problem with, with Epcot as a whole. I mean, Yes, everyone that likes Penguin does have a, a, an element of nostalgia. I mean, I do. I, I went on the original ride when I was very small, and I still remember it, and that's why I like the character. The new ride with Eric Idle was terrible. But I think Epcot as a whole, I was hoping that that's what they were going to be doing with the park, but all it seems like they're doing now is adding in random IPs that kind of fit in some cases and kind of fit others don't. I mean, the Guardians building is the ugliest thing I've ever seen in my life going to a theme park. I'm sure the ride will be fantastic, but I mean, they've just put no effort into it at all in terms of the exterior. Um, maybe the they same argument with the other, with the other guardians attraction, wasn't it? Yeah. The same thing that it looks ugly from the outside. And that think... is weird because they're doing some things that are really great. So they've put, they've just put in these new, I don't know if you've seen these, the, the fountain pylons. Hmm which look fantastic and they really fit well with... Are they broken already though? Yeah, I was about to say, they have um, started being scratched already even though a guest hasn't been anywhere near them. Um, but scratches aside, they look really good. But they need to be doing more than putting a few glass pillars in front of Spaceship Earth to, to really breathe life into that park again. Is, is a play pavilion with emojis that are going to be dead in about two or three years when kids are bored of emojis really going to save the park? I don't think so. Epcot needs some work. And, and Tony Baxter, Tony Baxter might come and do it. Well, he, he he's um although, <laughs> although he said he's uh he's he's in retirement, apparently he is being consulted on Splash Mountain. Yeah, the problem was he was consulted on Splash Mountain the first time round. Yeah. I think they're not gonna win with figments because you've got the nostalgia element like you have Ryan where you can remember it back in the day but now you're a 30 odd year old grown man and whatever they do won't bring back how you felt then it's like yeah. the star wars for the for the new generation all the kids love the new star wars but all the adults hate the new star wars your star wars is one two and three yeah nick star wars is four five and six the the stuck they just should just do away with the dragon. Just put them on a bit of merchandise, t-shirts, whatever. Be done with them. I mean, yeah, as bird. long as they keep him in the park somehow. I mean, if they keep put, put sticking on merchandise, I'll keep, I'll keep buying figment merchandise. I mean, I'm looking at two Funko Pops figments that are literally in front of me now. 
Um, I've, I've not got a problem with that. My, I guess the risk of it removing him from the park in an attraction is that he will just slowly disappear anyway. And I think that would, that would be a shame because I do think, as you said, Craig, they do have, and, and Nick, they have great original theme park character that I think does have a lot of potential if they put the right creative behind it. Yeah. That's what it needs. It needs, it just, yeah, it needs a lot of work. It needs a lot of work, but it needs to happen because at the moment it's just a sad looking park in general. Um, that went on a bit longer than I expected. So that's good. Um, I've seen that um, Disney have started uh, putting out well promotion for their uh, their Christmas range. It's August. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just I, there's not really much to say. I, I've got. I mean, all I've all I've got so far is some some coffee cups. Uh, Craig, they've got a travel travel coffee cup. I know you like those. It's not metal though. It looks ceramic to me. Um, they just look really generic. And that's the problem. That I think the Christmas stuff last year when they did like the big switch over halfway through our honeymoon and some of it was okay, but like that's the best stuff was okay. And I think a lot of it is pretty generic, which is, is a bit of a shame, but the best, the best places to buy Christmas merchandise are the the little Christmas shop in Magic Kingdom and and the Christmas shop in Disney Springs. I think you've always got some great stuff in there. I do love that shop at Disney Springs. It is fantastic, yeah. And it's nope. expensive, like if you want to personalise a bauble, mm. but it's it's so worth it. Like we we that was our present for parents actually from our honeymoon was we got two two of the big baubles personalised that said. Uh, nanny and granddad on it and that's how we told them right and it was lovely and you know we were hoping fingers crossed all the flight home that they weren't going to smash and they didn't but um, yeah and that was like such a great memory because my parents popped around literally the day we morning we got back and they opened those those baubles and it was such a lovely like Disney thing that we've you know we've always shared memories of going to Disney as a family and it's, it was nice, even though they didn't come with us, to share something from Disney mm-hmm. and, you know, obviously their future grandchild with them. So it is a lovely, lovely shop, but it is very expensive to buy stuff in there. Uh, you know, it is Disney, so what do you expect? Yeah. But no, we, we've had personalised baubles as well from trips we've got. There's like little memories to bring back. And like you say, yes, they are pricey, but they're on holiday, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of what you're saying. doesn't matter, does it? Um, also I mean, in the parts, our, our, go on, Craig. No, I was just going to say our our Christmas tree has taken since two thousand and nine to turn into a Disney Christmas tree because every time you go, you spend some of you know for years you were getting the two hundred dollar mm. gift card, weren't you, from Disney by staying on property? Um, that would go on Christmas decorations. Right. So now we we've basically got a Disney and a little bit universal Christmas tree. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, it's so tempting. Well, every 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 ornament has got a story because you can remember buying said ornament. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's kind of why I've got so many Disney World, Disneyland Paris t-shirts and things because every time I put, put it on, I remember being in the store, being in the park that day buying it. 
and you know, I, it's funny, right? Because I can't say I pour a tin of soup out of the cupboard and I go, oh, I remember this, the day that I went to Home Bargains to buy this six pack of Heinz tomato soup. Do you know what I mean? I don't, I don't look at it longingly, but you're right. Um, like I've got a Return of the Jedi t-shirt that was bought for me from Disneyland Paris when uh, my wife uh, and kids went a few years ago without me. And they bought me that and they bought me um, one of those make your own droids from the, yeah. like, the Star Tours gift shop. Um, so my daughter like picked the accessories for it and, and all of that. And that's lovely. But, you know, that trip I wasn't even there. But I can I know what trip it was and, you know, what they they brought. And it's why I always end up buying ornaments with the year on as well for the same reason. Yeah, I usually do the same with the pin when I'm when I'm there. But like today yeah. I'm wearing my farewell illuminations reflections of earth t-shirt and whenever i see see it in the wardrobe it just reminds me of all the memories i have because you know i've been i was seeing that show since i first went to epcot as a kid mm. and uh yeah it just brings it's funny isn't it the stuff that brings back some good memories yeah yeah 100 percent um on, on more regular merchandise though did you guys see that rock and roller coaster just released some new merchandise yeah What's that about? <laughs> I don't know. It's the most yeah, random. Say goodbye. Well, yeah, if that's what it was, you'd go, okay, fair enough, but it's not. And I've got to say, actually, it's pretty good. Again, Craig, there's a coffee, travel coffee cup. And it's actually really, really well done. Mm. I really like the look of it, actually. And there's a Christmas decoration, which I, I don't know. It's possibly the first one I've ever seen for Rock and Roller Coaster. Yeah, I think the, the new line actually looks pretty cool. And, I think if if this year didn't happen, you might think that it would be on the chopping block for the next D23, but it's given Disney's, Disney isn't going to be spending money in that, in that park anytime soon. Yeah, but I mean, Rock and Roller Coaster, they could keep the theme of it and just change the music, couldn't they? Oh, We've totally. that conversation they, before. Yeah, they totally could. But I mean, if it were me, I would remove Beauty and the Beast, Tower of Terror and Rock and Roller Coaster and turn it into a Marvel area. Yeah, with the IPs that they can use, obviously, completely yeah. universal. Yeah, yeah, that's the sticker, isn't it? Well, it's a good job uh, P-Dubs isn't here. We'd probably rip your head off for saying that about Tower of Terror. <laughs> oh, I love Tower of Terror, don't get me wrong. But I think if you're going to change Rock and Roller Coaster, you've got to, you've got to rethink the whole area. Yeah, I think, I think the problem with that part of Hollywood Studios right now is it is just, you know, three attractions or, or three things to do that don't actually connect in any way whatsoever yeah it's a very odd corner of the park despite being a very good corner of the park i mean if you remove swap beauty and the beast is fantastic and it's a good area of the park mm. that is one of my favorite areas of the park strangely yeah, i like i mean the attractions there are good well sorry tower tower and rock roller coaster but the quick service as you're walking down you'd always mm. get good food there good desserts yeah. And then them two rides are just phenomenal. But they do could be all pulled together with a retheming into Marvel or something. Mm. Oh, I agree, Craig. I think that area of the park is is fantastic. It just needs a bit of just needs a bit of theming, love. I think it'll come once everything oh. settles down. It's coming. It's it's like the only area of the park. I guess that strip before you get to those three park three, three attractions is the only real area of the park other than the front entrance that's still got a bit of a MGM vibe to it. I think 
they'll get rid of it because Hollywood, I still think the Hollywood studio's name will be changing at some point. Yeah. So, right. So, we, the Tower of Terror, we keep, and because the eerie music, everything about the Tower of Terror, Terror is brilliant. How do you pull Rock and Roller Coaster into that sort of eerie theme? And what overlay would you put over it to keep, to protect the integrity of that area and keep it Tower of Terror? What would you do? What would you put on it? God, that's a hard question. It's a good it is, question. Is it, you've got to add like some kind of spooky, successful Disney franchise. Yeah. It, it, oh, Vampirina uh, Coaster. A what coaster? Vampirina. You'll learn about that soon enough, don't you worry, kid? You'll be getting all your Vampirina soon, mate. Nightmare Before Christmas. No, the um, oh. the Banshee from Darby O'Gill. <laughs> right there. The Banshee. The dead dog thing. Frank and Weenie. Frank and Weenie. Um, I mean, well, Ryan, you must be aware of this. Have you ever heard or have you got the Nightmare Before Christmas uh, album, the cover versions? Yes, with the, the one where um, Amy from Evanescence sings on. Yes. Yes, yeah, yeah. I can't even remember who else is on that album now. It's been a long time since I listened to it. I remember I actually bought that from... Uh, where did I buy it from? I bought it from the parts. It must have, I'm sure it was Hollywood Studios. In one of the shops there, they, they were selling CDs. I bought that. Um, I, mean, I mean, let's just agree now that Beauty and the Beast is swapped for a night before Christmas thing. Oh, yeah. Perfect. Yep. Yeah, I'll tell that all day long as well. I don't, I don't dis, I don't hate that show, but it's so, it's so basic compared to Disney's other like Broadway-style productions yeah, in the parks. But, but also, it's been there a long time. It, yeah, it, it's like the only people that sing are Belle and Gaston, and the rest of the cast are just kind of there, and all the costumes are old. And yeah, it just needs to go. Put the Nightmare Before Christmas in. Well, you hate it here first. Rethemed both of them, but the, the fact is, because I've done rock covers of, of the Night Before Christmas songs, you could even just use that music yeah. rather than just yeah. songs from the film. Easy, hmm. done. I think this would be something more modern than the Night Before Christmas, though, because that's not a new film either. Do you know what? It's it's sad that you just mentioned that because I've just done the quick maths and it's twenty seven years old. Yeah. Well, let's put it in for twelve months at, for for the thirtieth at least. <laughs> 12 months is always five years of Disney but, but in oh, saying okay. that although, although you're right Mr D it is, it is more popular now way more popular now than when it came out 27 yeah, years that's ago true. the thing for me they've never explored is in that film when he goes into the woods and all the trees have got their, their, their holidays there is Nightmare Before Christmas. You know, there's a Nightmare Before Easter. There's a Nightmare Before Thanksgiving. Movies waiting to be made, isn't there? They could have. They could have easily done. Jack asks the question. Just give me. A, I mean, Craig, you said it earlier. Just give me a, a Jack Skellington Disney Plus show where he goes to those different lands. Yeah. Yeah. Time series. Think of it like, like you know, what I did with Falky asks the question, but instead of it being Falky asks the question, it's actually good. 
<laughs> yeah, Falky's not in it. And uh... no, no, look, that, that's that, that's what the most annoying thing about that show is. I I loved Falky. When I went to see Toy Story Four, I loved Falky, and that stupid Disney Plus series ruined my love of Falky. I haven't bothered it's watching it. So, it's so dire. They I couldn't even get watching to me. Toy Story Four. <sighs> it's good, but it's completely unnecessary. You could say that about any of them, though. Any sequel. You really could. You, uh, yeah, you could, to be fair. But I did feel like this one was like, it basically parked oh. most of the characters. Yeah, it, it does, but it's, it's still, still good. It's still a good film. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. It I did enjoy it. Reason. But yeah, Fal- I love Falky in the film, but Falky in that TV series was awful. Just didn't work in that format. But give a, give a you know, 20 minute Jack discovers Easter and he hangs around with like the Easter bunny and, you know, learns about what Easter is and gets into some hilarious japes. Yep. Bring it on. Bring it on. Um, What's this? There's chocolate everywhere. <laughs> it's Germany. Um, speaking of, going back to what we were speaking about earlier, uh, show friend Josh DeMauro. De I, I, I never asked how to say his surname. I just know how to say his first name. Um, he confirmed which projects are going ahead at Epcot. Uh, Remy's Ratatouille Adventure and Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind, apparently. That's it. Thanks, Josh. Everyone knew that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, like, I, I thought Remy... Remy was supposed to have opened by now, right? Yeah, but the construction got paused, and it's definitely not opening until next year now. But it was supposed to open in June. Yep. So, I mean, how behind were... They, like, they were never going to open in June then. It would have probably been more July, I would have, I would have thought. But no, I think they were, they were almost done. But now, I mean, I think they're just strung out a little bit, to be honest. Mm. They, they're not in a rush to do it now. I think probably what they would have done in March, April, May is had all hands on deck. And now it's just not required because, it, I mean, they're not going to open it in this, this winter. It's going to be spring, summer next year because it's something they'll be able to add to the there's 50 things in Disney World this year. It's indoors. All the staff need training. It's a COVID accident waiting to happen. Yeah, and I, I suppose the thing is as well. You know, if you open, you know, what happens when a new attraction opens in a Disney park? Yeah, it's just, it just goes mental, doesn't it? Yeah. So you avoid that by not opening it. No matter how many times you shout over to America, it's overrated. You don't listen. It's not so much that, is it? You've got to go and experience it for yourself. You know, I mean, yeah, I don't rate it, and I don't think anyone here really rates it that much as as an attraction. But it's something new, and if you're a Floridian that's never gone to Universal because that's the dark side, um, and you've never experienced Spider Man, well, you can see what Spider Man would be like uh, if it was rubbish. The I, quite like the I quite bit. like it. I quite enjoy it. Oh, it's a great attraction, but it's not a game changer. No, no. I mean, it's, it's it fits fine in Epcot, but it's not like it's not. Let's not celebrate. Yeah, like some people are celebrating it as this amazing attraction that they're bringing in from Europe. It's fine. It works great in in studios because there's only three attractions there anyway. But you know, it's not as you know, it's not nothing to be 
too happy about. I think Guardians is going to be the big one. It's, it's a, it was a great attraction for Paris because it was something new in a, as you say, a park that needed like new attractions. It's the first time anything like that had, had happened in a park in Europe, like that kind of attraction. So, and also it, th- it fitted in with the theming of the park. And um, it was unique. That's what I mean. So, yeah, you know, it, it worked. And to be honest, I mean, this is going into World Showcase, which is not exactly known for its attractions, is it? You know, this is not being advertised as a as a, a C uh, E ticket, is it? It's probably a a D a C B or C. I'd it's gonna say. be big. It's gonna be massive. <sighs> well, it's, it's because it's something new. It will be, but it won't have longevity. It won't have longevity. Well, I think the thing is, it's opening. It's going to be opening pretty much alongside Guardians now, which and Guardians is going to far um, outweigh it in terms of people flocking to Guardians over um, Ratatouille. I mean, obviously Ratatouille is going to be a fantastic family attraction and Guardians probably isn't. So I think it's got that going for it. Mm. But then you may as well. I mean, with that in France, you've got Frozen in Norway and I mean, to, to a lesser extent, the Grand Fiesta Tour in Mexico. I mean, they may as well just open the whole of our showcase up at nine now. Yeah, it's true. That would be lush. Because France, France, let's be honest, France, what will happen is France, Norway and Mexico will all open at nine and the rest of it will be shut. Which means you'll have to walk through Canada and it will be a bit weird. So, yeah, I think they're going to have to address that at some point. Is there anything else in the parks or are we kind of done? I've got one small thing. Yeah, we don't have to talk about it here. (laughs) (laughs) One of the uh, best snacks in the Magic Kingdom is back at the Magic Kingdom. The Cheshire Cat Tail. I don't know if any of you have tried this, but it's basically all of the sugar. It's basically a chocolate twist with a load of purple and pink icing on the top to make it. Oh, yeah, I've seen that. Never tried it. It's it's really good. But... So usually it's for sale at the, I think it's called the Cheshire Cat Cafe, which is like a little kind of coffee yeah. stand by the Mad Tea Party. But with COVID, that's currently closed. So they've brought it back inside um, Cosmic Rays. So you can now order it in there. I mean, it's 5 49 so it's not cheap, but you can buy it at um, Cosmic Rays Starlight Cafe, presumably until Cheshire Cafe reopens. If that's what you're into, give it a go. It sounds any, bloody awful. Any sign of the spring rolls coming back? Or the hamburger ones? Yeah, and the pizza. They were great, actually. I really enjoyed oh, them. Lovely. But it was so... Um, that That's the thing about Walt Disney World sometimes. It, it's because it's this huge, sprawling city from this mega company. But then they have little pockets of almost mar and par home-like... So it, it was badly thought out because it's on this little stall that has got no means of preparing them. Yeah, so it's just, it was preheated, weren't they, by Adventureland, wasn't it? There, there was just some woman would turn up with yeah. a big stack of them and get mobbed. You know, it was just so local and little and, do you know what I mean? And it, it, it was weird because we, and it was rationed, they were rationed as well. You, we couldn't, I was buying for like 17 people and I wasn't allowed to. 
because the QB, I, I would have wiped out what the, the supplies that the girl had just brought. Jesus. When we went, they were they were selling them in like like a reconditioned, well, it looked like a reconditioned like popcorn stand. And yeah. they were like keeping them in there. Definitely, yeah. Same. Yeah, just outside of Adventureland. And it's like, why are you selling spring rolls outside of Adventureland? <laughs> At this point, just give them their own proper counter. You yeah. know, just, just fry everything. They were surprising. Like, I thought, oh, I'll give them a go. They're probably not very good, but they were bloody good. Because they could, with that, they could sell a whole range of, like, vegetarian. I had, um, have you had the, oh, I had them in New York, um, cauliflower chicken nuggets. No, I've not tried them. Stunning. It's all, it's just a freaking cauliflower in a bit of chicken nugget sauce. Yeah, but, yeah, but hang on, right, because... Like cauliflower is awful, oh, and yet I've had cauliflower buffalo wings. Yeah, stop. and yeah, I don't, I don't understand. It's like some weird magic. Cauliflower bakers doesn't really taste like cauliflower. It's good. Yeah, because cauliflower is crap. Anyway, um, right. Let's. We've spent enough time talking about the parts. Let's talk about stuff that's happening outside of the parks. The car parks? Yeah, the car parks. After Dark Podcast is sponsored by HHNUnofficial.com, the home of Halloween Horror Nights news and rumors all year round. Find us on the web at www.hhnunofficial.com. So stop the fog machines and clear the cobwebs. It's time for another episode of the podcast that's nearly the same as all the others. So, um, it's been a big month for Disney+. Plus. They have released, or they're about to release, its uh, third film, third original film. So we had uh, Magic Camp towards the beginning of August. We had the one and only Ivor uh, in the middle. And coming up to the end, we have uh, a new Phineas and Ferb movie. I think that's there now, isn't it? No. So I don't... (laughs) You sound like my daughter. So um, I don't really... I I think they've tried to be a bit clever but it seems to backfire a little bit. They've, um, they've whacked the Phineas and Ferb uh, across the second dimension, I think it's called. Yeah, yeah. But it, that's from 2011? Ah, 2012, okay. maybe? Uh, it was, it was a, a, a film made during the run of Phineas and Ferb. So it's been around for a while. Um, I caught it, I think, on Disney Channel uh, when it first aired. And it was on Disney Life as well. We watched it over the weekend because my daughter thought it was a new Phineas and Ferb movie. It wasn't. Um, but it's because they've advertised it on the front main page with all the new stuff. Yeah, yeah. That's why I thought it was a new Yeah. Movie. So no, that, that one comes out Friday. Um, but, you know, we've complained there's not been, uh, you know, new stuff coming out. And there is. And what I didn't realise until doing a bit of research for it is the one and only Ivor was supposed to be a cinema release. Oh, that would not have made money. 
Um, I, I, I yeah. It would have made it's money. The, it would have made a lot of money. Yeah, it's it, it's the typical. You know, they they do this every year in August. They release these films. You know, Christopher Robin was another one. Yeah, uh, Million Dollar Arm was another. Um, they're fairly low budget, and they're just out in time for the summer holidays to give you something else to watch. I've heard good things about it, actually. One Lonely Ivor. Mm. I don't want to say too much because we will be talking about it on uh, the Patreon show. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I I enjoyed it. I won't say how much or how little, um, but I did enjoy it. <laughs> I didn't hate it. Um, but it's, you know, we, we've moaned about content, uh, lack of content, and, you know, they've, they've kind of delivered the goods. Another thing they've done is um, they've done something called uh, the Throwback Collection. Yeah. Has anyone seen cool. this? Just mm-hmm. looking at it now, yeah. So they filled it with loads of stuff from uh, back when some of us were kids. Um, what I'll tell you now is our Grace, uh, Hannah Montana, yeah, she's watched, this is since lockdown, right. Hannah Montana, Wizards of Waverly Place, That's So Raven, Sweet Life, Lizzie McGuire, Boy Meets World, Sweet Life on Deck, um, Shake It Up, so weird. She's watched every single one of them at least twice. Oof. Uh, the other two in that lineup is Sunny with a Chance and Jonas. Oh yes, which is the Jonas Brothers uh, thing. I never watched that. Uh, I never watched any of the musical stuff. Just, just didn't. Uh, I know Ryan, you're a fan of Lizzie McGuire. Yes, another one that passed me by. I was the wrong age when Lizzie McGuire came out for me to watch that. Uh, Boy Meets World, though, absolute stone cold classic. Oh, it's brilliant. The thing um, is. With Lizzie McGuire, it was one of those shows um, that I used to, my sister's five years younger than me, but it's one of those shows that we kind of watched together. And mm. I remember it was just me and her. Take I went to the cinema with her to see the movie. Right. And we just talk about, you know, she whenever she sees a bit of Lizzie McGuire, like even potential that the series, the new series is going ahead, she'll ping, uh, ping a link over to me. So it's, it's one of those <laughs> like nice Disney memories that I have. Same as watching... That's so Raven, and because she obviously she was, that was kind of perfect age for her, as was the Sweet Life. So I used to watch all of those shows with her. Right. Um, so yeah, it's it's nice to see them on Disney Plus again. Our Grace doesn't have any sort of affection for the new series that have come out on Disney uh, Plus. What the 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 Raven one and the Girl Meets World. No, she likes them. Um, there's, there's something about the president. Oh, sorry, you mean like the the new new the, shows, yeah. not, the, not the reboots or sequels. No, no, yeah. The the new new stuff, just not interested. There was a new one dropped um, last week, I think. Oh, I can't find it, but um, yeah. But that's what I mean. And the thing is, I think it very much depends with some of this stuff when when you watch this. So, like Hannah Montana. Um, Sweet Life, Lizzie McGuire, all of that kind of stuff. I was, you know, late teens, early 20s when that stuff was on. Boy Meets World came out when I was about 12. Mm. It was a perfect age for me. I, I grew up with that show um, and Topanga. Mm. Um, so, you know, I think sometimes it does it, it does play into when, when you watch this stuff as well and what it means to you. I, I, I really want them to add House of Mouse Disney Plus. That's that's a weird one, isn't it? Because that's one of those kind of um, 
well, I suppose forgotten shows. Like, you, I don't ever see it. I don't ever remember seeing it repeated. No, um, I don't remember much. Though. I don't remember much about it. I remember catching a bit of it when it was on Saturday mornings. Just like might be, I might put it on while I was like getting ready to go to work or something. Um, but that's the one where it had like pretty much all the Disney characters in it, wasn't it? Yeah, it had all the Disney characters, and it would have like a sen- it, each episode would have like a, a story going on in the background. But then they'd, in between those the segments, they'd play like a classic Disney cartoon. Right. So maybe that's why they haven't put it on there because they're trying to add the classic cartoons separately. But I, yeah, it'd be fantastic to see that show because I don't think there's really a Disney character that didn't appear in it at some point. Mm. So Ryan. I know you are quite uh, angry about Muppets now. Oh, it's so bad. I've only watched the first five minutes of the first episode. What did you think? <laughs> that was enough, wasn't it? Um, I just, I had other stuff to watch. So it, it comes across like Apple TV brought back for lockdown um, Fraggles. Mm. Yeah. And it was dreadful. Oh, Really? Oh yeah, it it was all these Zoom calls, all this pretend Zoom call stuff. Oh right, okay. You know, so I get the feeling that Muppet Now is a bit like that as well. Yeah, it's not unscripted or something. Yeah, it's supposed to be unscripted. Or... It doesn't feel yeah. like it is. I, I, I mean, it would make sense why it's so bad. Oh, you've is... watched them all. Have you? Have you kept watching yeah. them? Yeah, I have, I have stuck with it, but it, and it doesn't get any better. I mean, I was, look. I mean, this is what it tells you about it. Like, I'm a big Muppets fan, and I was excited when it first got announced, and I saw the trailers for it, and I was like, I'm not sure how I feel about this, and I've still not watched it. And mainly because everyone I've spoken to about it has has had really negative views on it, which is never a good sign, um, especially people who I know like the Muppets as well, you know. Um, I will. I will have to watch it at some point, but I can't remember Ryan if it was you or P Dubs that said, like they can't believe that they scrapped Josh Gad's reboot. Of the I think Muppets it was P Dubs, but I completely agree with him because I think Josh Josh Gad's humor, sense of humor, would have really shined with the Muppets. Yeah, but you've got to remember, and again, like I've only seen like the clips and stuff like that, but this show appears to have the budget of about two dollars fifty. Yeah, there is that. Josh Gad's version of the Muppets would have been a all singing or dancing show. Yeah, not maybe not literally. I assume it would have singing and dancing. It's the Muppets, but do you know what I mean? Like there would have been sets and you know additional costs. This looks like it's been done completely on the cheap as cheap content filler. It's yeah. I just can't honestly can't convey how bad it is, and it's but, such a disappointment to say that as a big Muppets fan. The best but, new Muppets thing I've seen on Disney Plus. Mm. I caught it by accident. You know they've got the new series of Muppet Babies. Yeah, they've they've done a few shorts, about five minutes each, maybe a bit longer, with the Muppet Babies, but as them as actual Muppets. Oh, okay. So it's yeah, obviously aimed. Yeah, they're obviously aimed at young children. It's like just Sesame like, Street type, it looks like. Yeah, but they, but they've just turned the Muppet Baby cartoon characters into actual Muppets, and like. That's better than what I've seen the Muppets now. More of that, yeah. please. I mean, look at what Netflix did with the Dark Crystal. That that series was absolutely stunning. And I gave up on the Dark Crystal. Oh, that show was incredible. And the only reason I did was because I couldn't follow it. 
Right. So I, I'd only watched The Dark Crystal for the very first time last year. I saw the series coming out and I was like, oh, this looks pretty good. And yeah. then I, I just fell in love with the series. I mean, they, I mean, my wife and daughter watched the whole thing. I gave up about four episodes in. It was only because I was struggling to f- remember who was, you know, which clan, you know, belonged to which one. Mm. And it's why I don't like Game of Thrones as well. Because <laughs> I don't have the attention span to care about all of these characters. Well, I'm but, totally with you on Game of Thrones. But at the same time, what I was impressed with, with The Dark Crystal is just how, how good it looked. And how you forget that they're actually puppets. Yeah, you really do sense? feel that. Yeah, you know, you do. You're, you're right. You feel, you get that, you really do feel that emotional connection with the but characters the, in that show. The peril felt real. Yeah. You know, it, it, it was no different to watching a, like a, a program where, you know, adult actors are in danger or whatever. Like, mm. yeah. So I, I get why people liked it. I just, I just can't see so, something like Saturday Night Live now, right? is basically what Saturday Night Live was 30, 40 years ago. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it still works. Mm. So why can't they just do that with the Muppets? Well, they have. They did. They tried that, didn't they? In the 90s, they had the Muppets Tonight. But was it the same yes. concept as the Muppet Show back yes. in the 70s? Yeah. So it was basically the guest, a bit of drama, trying to get the show together, and then the end with a couple of show stoppings scenes. Yeah. You know, and that just didn't work for the new. I don't. Uh, yeah, I don't. It, it it didn't last. It lasted a season. Like everything the Muppets seems to do lasts about a season. Um, I don't I know. I don't get it. Like they're investing into a new show from the Jim Henson Company called. Um, what's it called? Oh, Ned, Earth to Ned. Yes, and it's like it's a talk show with a few puppets in it, and it's like, why? Why are you? Inv- I mean, these they don't look like they're not the most expensive sets in the world, but they're not cheap, and they've got some half decent, decent celebrities on it, and it's like, why? Why don't you put the budget of this into whatever Muppet show, show you wanted to do, and it's just it just seems odd because this this show is not going to do well for them. No, I, I I don't know. It feels like ever since that film came out, you thought, oh, the Muppets are back. And then they've just done everything they can to ruin it. Yeah. <laughs> ever since. I've been saying that, I mean, and Ryan, I know you've been watching this as well, but the Muppets from 2016? The ABC show? Yeah. Oh, I loved it. Right. You know, that was good. It wasn't like, you know, it was, it was a brand new take on the Muppets, but I thought it worked quite well. But again, that didn't do particularly well for them. They scrapped that after a single season. Um, that's, that's the kind of thing that I'd love to see a second season for on Disney+. Plus. Yeah, I, they won't. No, they, they never will. But, it's, too, it's too adult. Like you, When you watch it, it's yeah. quite on the edge for the Muppets. And I know they always have been to a certain extent, but it is even more... The humour was much more grown up. Yeah, which which was great. Like Donna and I were, like the karaoke scene. Donna and I were in hysterics. Or, <laughs> but yeah, just just do something decent with the Muppets. Stop doing, pulling out this crap that you're doing now. It's just, oof. it's still burning me. I dealt with Disney Plus. I mean, 
big as just being released as a new release. Yep. It's Doubtfire's on there as well. Yeah, it's just it's just baffling. Never been kissed. Neither have I. I saw I saw come up there as well. Um, and the X Men Dark Phoenix. Yeah, it's really. I can stay at the bottom of the pile. It's really really weird because they released they released Dark Phoenix, but X Men Apocalypse isn't on there, and Logan isn't on there. Now I know why Logan isn't on there because Logan was an R or a 15. It was the most violent of the whole X-Men series. So I get why that's not on there, even though it's probably one of the better ones. Um, I'm not sure why Apocalypse isn't on there because it's a 12 and it's just as bad as Dark Phoenix is. I mean, I haven't even bothered with Dark Phoenix. It's awful. I mean, it looks terrible. But I don't know. I'm not sure which is worse, that or Apocalypse. Yeah, I mean, that was horrendous as well. Yeah. I think I've seen them both. But what I will say is my nephew, Jack, who is Marvel through and through, but it's got to be the films, um, the, the, you know, the real ones. Yeah. He has begrudgingly, um, he wasn't happy doing it, but he has begrudgingly started watching the X-Men movies with his mum and dad on Disney+. Plus. I think, is it X-Men 3 is missing off there? Uh, X-Men The be... Last Stand, I think it's on there. Yeah, maybe maybe it wasn't on there, but it is now or something. But he is absolutely loving it. He's loving it. So, But they won't put him the... Fantastic Four movie on forum because Captain America's in it and his head will fall off. Right. Yeah. yeah but he's yeah, loving yeah. the X Men films. That makes sense. Yeah. Has anyone? I mean, I just finished. It took me about six days, but I've just finished watching the Howard documentary. Six days. Yeah. Well, how long is this documentary? It's only an hour and a half. But when you've got a baby, in, the only time, only time I'm watching it is when I'm feeding her. Um, I thought it was alright. It, it wasn't as good as people have been saying it was, but I thought it was quite interesting. I'll give it a look. Like, no, I'm sure. Is it just who's Howard? The composer of um, wrote the music for um, Aladdin, Little Mermaid, and Beauty and the Beast. Those are the Disney ones. Little Shop of Horrors. How uh, is it? Howard Ashman? Yeah. Yeah. And um, died of AIDS before Beauty and the Beast was released. Yeah, nice. didn't get for it, but yeah, I'll give that a look then. Yeah, he, he like he did some good stuff. He basically like redefined how Disney looked at um, their animation musicals. Yeah, you know they they basically still using his formula. Really, I mean I know they've done it before, but. He really, I think, injected something fresh into it. And that's the type of stuff that should be on Disney Plus. Yeah. To take the Disney fandom to the next level for the, the people who want to delve into that type of stuff. Yeah. No, no, I thought it was, I thought it was good. It's a very sad story, but it, it was it was good. Kathleen Kennedy's come out and said that uh, the Star Wars franchise needs to step back. She needs to step back. <laughs> why do, needs to step back. Why do people keep telling everybody that the Star Wars franchise needs to step back? 
or, or they, they need to put stuff on hold because what they've done has been Star Wars. I've I've delved right into Star Wars and fell in love with it all over again during lockdown because of Clone Wars, because of um, the, the other two cartoons. I've watched them all, Rebels and yeah. Resistance. It's been fantastic. And the films, they're just films, people, and they've made a lot of money. Yeah, I think Disney, Disney has a very false, well, maybe false, but they have like a, a number in their head that they expect a Star Wars movie to do. And if it doesn't do that, then, then it's a failure. And I, I do think the time is right for Kathleen Kennedy to step down and, and hand over the reins to John Favreau and Dave Filoni. Definitely. Because, I mean, Dave Filoni, I mean, John Favreau is fantastic, but Dave Filoni is on a whole nother level of Star Wars fandom. I mean, he is a genius. And I would be incredibly happy if he took over as, even if, it, you know, he needs to be the Kevin Feige of Star Wars. End yeah. of like he needs to be controlling every storyline from every movie from every series. I mean, I did a little bit of comic book reading during lockdown because of watching all the Star Wars stuff. I got the Marvel app, I got it free, and then I paid for one month and I read a load of the Darth Vader comics. Yeah, they're great. Why hasn't Darth Vader got his own film? Well, everyone's been asking for this for years, and I'm I cannot believe that that Lucasfilm haven't just gr- given it the green light. Like, just just a movie of him, him hunting down The Last Jedi. Bring oh, it on. be amazing. Or even a TV series, if that's what they want to do. Yeah. It, it would just be phenomenal. There's so much story in between the stories that they could make so much more wonderful content. I think they need to spend more time uh, making series for, for Disney+. Plus. I think that's... To me, that's a big future for, for Star Wars. I mean, they're doing the Obi-Wan show, which they've now confirmed is going to be <laughs> a limited... Sounds like the best chat show ever, that. The is Obi-Wan like, show. Is he like Wogan? It's the Obi-Wan show. <laughs> Every episode, he just walks in going, hello there. <laughs> With the Moss Eisley Cantina Band. <laughs> um, it's the... Hey, that same song. Okay, same song. <laughs> the, um, you know, I, I'm, they've announced that as being like a limited series now. So this is not going to be like the Mandalorian. It's not going to have successive seasons. This is going to be a one and done, and I'm fine with that. But then do that for other characters. Like originally, like they were talking about doing an Obi One film, weren't they? And yeah. there was, you know, before the Mandalorian was a thing, there was going to be a Boba Fett film about the backstory to him, and a Darth Maul film, and a general um, Emperor Palpatine was going to have a film. All this kind of stuff. So just do that on Disney Plus instead. Just use the budget and make a 10-episode series. Yeah. And go nuts. I mean, the Hutt family, Jabba the Hutt and all his family, there's loads of them, and they're gangsters. There you go. You're welcome. Oh, Tom Hardy could play all of them. <laughs> it would like be a, in that craze film. It would be amazing. It would be absolutely amazing. Uh, I, I just I, I saw a thing yesterday, Ryan. I don't know how much you know about this, but um, are you familiar with um, Star Wars Detour? Yes. So this this is fascinating, right? I went down a little bit of a clicky hole last night about this show. So before George Lucas decided to sell Lucasfilm, he uh, arranged or Lucasfilm arranged a 
that series that was going to be by the creators of Robot Chicken and was going to be about Star Wars. So think of like how Family Guy have done parodies of Star Wars before. It was going to be a show that was just going to be uh, piss take of Star Wars, basically. Lots of comedy sketches and, and that kind of thing. Um, all the characters had, you know, weird looks to them, um, you know, like really exaggerated features and all that kind of stuff. Um, they made 39 episodes. Made 39 episodes of it. It's never been released. Because as soon as it, they'd basically finished production, or the halfway through production, Disney bought out Lucasfilm. And George Lucas made the decision that because you know they were going to continue on with his saga uh, with that world that you know a a kind of piss take lampoon of star wars wouldn't be the right thing to uh to release when disney were going to try and you know resee the ship basically so there's 39 episodes of this animated show that are just locked away somewhere is this in a similar vein to this new Star Trek comedy? That's uh, no. Is it well, totally different? Yeah. Is that a cartoon or is that? Yeah, that's a cartoon. Oh. Yeah. But I mean, I, I mean to be fair, I've seen clips of this thing. It does look pretty dreadful. Oh. I don't think it would have been very good. But regardless, you know, to have spent invested that much money to release thirty or to make thirty nine episodes of it, and just never do anything with it is is uh, I'd be gutted. I'd be gutted if if I'd worked on that project. Um, but yeah. So if you want to find out more, Star Wars Detour is is what you want to search for. I believe there's a petition at the moment about getting Disney to release it on Disney Plus. I don't think it will work and I'm actually not going to sign up to it. But if that's your kind of thing, it's out there. That's all I'm saying. I'm looking forward to this right stuff series when that comes out. It's October. Yes. The national geographic. Yeah. Yeah. I did. I never saw the film. Well, the film is fantastic. Yeah. It's that's a film. classic. Mm-hmm. So is this, is this about people going to the moon? Yeah, it's about okay. it's about the space race. How they kind of pioneered that they were test pilots, and they went from being test pilots to being basically the first astronauts, and you know, trying everything for the first time. It was all like really rough technology, but yeah, it's just really good, great film. Have you not watched the uh, the Apple TV show based on the moon landings? That is a really good TV. I know it's not Disney, yeah. and and it's not. It's loosely based on fact because the Russians win. Spoiler, <laughs> but that is really good. Worth a visit. Yeah, is that is it factual? Is it a documentary? Or is it? Is it it's fiction? drama. It's drama, it's drama. Okay. but it it's based loosely based on. On the space race. The space yeah. race, yeah. Sure. But no, I mean, I think they need to do more. They are signs to do more, but yeah. Star Wars series, Disney Plus, that to me is the future of that franchise. And just have a few films. I mean, the next one now is scheduled for 2023. 
just its release date changed because of you know COVID and the knock-on effect of the other films. Um, but I'd be quite happy with a new Star Wars series every year or so, and you know, new films, you know, much further apart. I'd be happy with that as long as the quality was there, and we know from the Mandalorian that they've got some good people involved. Then I'd be happy with that. There's there's rumours now of Star Wars Ten, isn't there? No, there is. Not going to happen. But there's rumours. Rumours, yeah. Was there any other news that um, people wanted to bring to the table? I hadn't seen much else, to be no. honest. No, I think that was it. No. Well, in that case, I better wrap this episode up then. So that's it for this episode. Uh, thank you, Craig. Pleasure. Thank you, Paul. No problem. Welcome back, Ryan. Thank you very much. See you in about 12 weeks. <laughs> and <laughs> Happy Christmas, Ryan. Happy Christmas. <laughs> and, uh, and we'll see you in a couple of weeks. And uh, don't forget, my new podcast, This Is Your Life, is available every Wednesday. New episodes. So if you uh, want something to listen to in the meantime, do that. And Craig, when are we recording the next Patreon shows? Um, this week? We'll, we're going to do a double edit tomorrow if we can. Okay. Ooh. If you're available. Ooh. I've just downloaded okay. Ivor Biggin. Um, One for, and only Ivor Biggin. Yep. Yeah, for watching tomorrow. I've seen uh, Magic Camp today. So, boom. One word review. Um, better. There you go. So I have revealed a little bit about the one and only Ivor and Craig has revealed a little bit about Magic Camp. So they will be coming to Patreon later this week. So thank you very much. We'll see you in a couple of weeks. You'll like it. Not a lot. Network.